Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. So when you think of a, a fresco, do you expect to see people experiencing homelessness, addiction, serious illness? One church in Asheville, North Carolina, commissioned an amazing piece, highlighting people whose society may have forgotten, but who have infinite dignity and worth. And there's an extraordinary new documentary, Theirs is the Kingdom, tells the story of the people seen in this magnificent piece of art. And we're just really thrilled to have joining us on a Friday uh, Jeff, uh, excuse me, not Jeff. I was just talking to Jeff. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Chris Zalewski. Uh Chris is an award-winning documentary filmmaker and multimedia producer. Uh, he's also an assistant teaching professor at Wake Forest University. And uh, Chris, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, so uh, first, for some of our listeners, uh, this is one of the disadvantages of radio is we don't get to show them all of these amazing things. We're going to point to everyone to to check some of this out. Uh, but just describe for us first uh, just what the fresco painting style is, and then uh, we'll get into this extraordinary piece. Yeah, so fresco is pretty unique in that it's it's not really practiced that much anymore. I mean, you mentioned it at the at the intro um, I mean, probably most of your listeners think of maybe the, the Sistine Chapel or Da Vinci's Last Supper, um, but it's but it's a an old form of artwork that that really isn't practiced all that much. And what and what makes fresco unique is that um, you're painting into this wet plaster, and so the paint is sucked into the wall and it becomes the wall. There's a permanence to fresco painting, and that's why you know some of these paintings, like I mentioned, the Sistine Chapel and so on have been there for hundreds of years. There's a symbolism to, to painting in this style that makes the story of this, this particular fresco, um, at least in my opinion, resonate, you know, even more. Yeah. It's, it's so, uh, one of my favorite, uh, of course, is, uh, in the Capitol dome of, uh, the U S Capitol, the fresco that is mm-hmm. in there. And, uh, I, I love your description of that, that it really does become part of the building. It becomes part of the rock and, and, uh, the, uh, the walls, uh, and I think there's something significant to that. So, so tell me about this new documentary. Theirs is the kingdom. Uh, t- kind of take us on that journey. This small church in Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So I was told about this fresco that this church wanted to paint, and I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, can't imagine there's a lot of a lot of frescoes painted anymore. And at the time that I was told about it, uh, there was a funding controversy surrounding the the piece and. And that ends up being a small part of the film, but really, um, I went to the church and I heard the the pastor, Reverend Brian Combs, talk about what he thought this painting symbolized and what it meant to him and what it meant to the church. And I was immediately uh, sucked in. I mean, I thought he he just had some really uh, powerful and smart things to say about what it means to see a person, what what it means to dignify a human, and and so that that kind of gets to the point of the fresco, and that is that. Instead of you know uh, a traditional biblical scene or historical scene, th- this painting is actually um, depicting real people living in this community who are battling homelessness. Uh, some are battling addiction, mental illness, 
And so there's also this kind of um, strange relationship in that you're seeing this, this art, this giant mural. I mean, it's 20 feet long, 10 feet tall. I mean, it's a big mural. Um, but then you actually are hearing from the real people, hearing their stories who were depicted in the painting. And so you're kind of following the artwork, but also meeting the models and meeting the the, the folks who are in the painting along the way as well. Oh, that's uh, extraordinary. So let's dig into that a little bit. Uh, one of the people that uh, you profiled in the interview was, uh, was Robert, someone who had battled addiction, mm-hmm. uh, is connected with the, the church there. Give us a little perspective of him becoming part of this extraordinary fresco. Yeah, Robert's Robert's a great guy, and if any any of your listeners are ever in the Asheville area, I would I would encourage them to go visit Haywood Street, see the fresco in real life, and you probably will run into Robert when you're there. Um, Robert uh, had a history of addiction, uh, was in and out of jail, and um, came to Haywood Street for a meal uh, around 2010, which is when Haywood Street started. It's only been around for about 12 years. This church. Um, and he uh, got kind of sucked into the culture there, and now he's the head gardener. He's also on the board of directors at the at the church, um, and he's just a really funny guy. But he just you know shoots from the hip. He kind of tells you tells you how it is. And so the one scene in the film uh, with him, he, he's telling people uh, who are at the church they're volunteering, um, you know, about what they're, what they're going to garden and what they're going to do. And in the middle of this seemingly dry comment about, you know, put the belt here, put this here. He talks about uh, a part of the church where they, they spread the ashes of people who um, died on the streets that were John Doe's and Jane Doe's, and they had nowhere else to go. And they felt it was important to, to, you know, honor them here in their garden. And that's, that's kind of Robert in a nutshell is that you'll be talking with him and he'll pull something out like that. And you're thinking, Whoa, where did we just, (laughs) where where did we just go? And and there's a lot of stories like that in the film. There's there's about 30 people in the actual fresco. The film features about 11 of them, mm-hmm. um, and largely that was just uh, you know space and time restrictions. But Robert is is a really uh, unique, uh, wonderful person that I feel you know honored to be able to tell his story in the film. Yeah, it's such an amazing thing, and it, it really is the epitome of learning how to see each other deeply and and be deeply seen. Uh, and an extraordinary connection to community. And uh, before I let you go, uh, when you're doing this kind of production, uh, this, yeah. this kind of thing, uh, there's always that moment where where you get surprised or you have something uh, happen that you weren't expecting when you set out on the project. Uh, when it comes to this fresco in this church in, South, in North Carolina, uh, what was it that surprised you? Oh, man, there were a lot of things, actually. I mean... Well, for one, I, I never intended the, intended this project to be a feature length documentary. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm going to go a couple times and maybe create a short film uh, that maybe the church could use for fundraising or, or whatever. I, I didn't really know. And so, I mean, one surprising thing was, um, you know, the more I talk with folks that, you know, especially the artist, Christopher Holt, who's the, the fresco artist. I mean, he he let me into his world and let me see the whole creative process. I like to say from from first sketch to final unveiling, like we really do see the full artistic process. And so every time I talked to a new person, I just kind of got sucked in more and more, and it became a lot bigger than I had intended. Um, And part of that, I guess, does speak to a surprise, and that is I'm constantly surprised at how um, 
how folks are able to open up on camera and be vulnerable and, and tell me these really heartbreaking, powerful stories. And um, this this film was was uh, certainly you know in in that mold. I mean, a lot of these folks have stories of, of hope, but also stories of heartbreak. And, and um, I got to sit with them during these sketching sessions with the artist for hours and just hear them tell me their stories. And it was just a really powerful experience for me as a filmmaker, but also surprising. I mean, yeah. it really does surprise me sometimes how much people, um, you know, I think there's, there's a therapy to it. I think it's therapeutic. And so yeah. this was a film that really, um, that surprised me in that way for sure. Oh, fantastic. Chris Saluski, uh, award-winning filmmaker. It's Theirs is the Kingdom, debuted on uh, PBS back on Easter Sunday. Uh, but you should definitely check this out. This is an extraordinary story, and it really shows us the humanity and the interconnectedness of all of us. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, that's a, that is a great story on a Friday. A lot to think about. Check it out. It's the Asheville, North Carolina uh, check out Fresco there, and you'll see this amazing piece and the amazing stories behind it. It's worth checking out. It'll open your eyes to the people around you. Stay with us. Much more coming after the bottom of the hour news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.